Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in James chapter 3. It reads, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire! And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false about the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. As we jump in today to focus on our nugget of truth here from James chapter 3, we're going to talk about the importance of our tongues or our speech and what they reveal about the character and the nature of who we are as individuals. I really want us to focus here on verses 11 and 12. Here it says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Why I want us to focus on these two verses is because it gets to the crux of the issue of the importance of our words in the things that we say, because they reveal our hearts. It's important that we understand that, that the words that come out of our mouth, the thoughts that we allow to extend beyond our own mind, are a genuine reflection of who we are. Now, certainly we can have sinful thoughts, and Jesus speaks to the importance of us taming these sinful thoughts and not allowing them to have dominion over us and not allowing them to change the way in which we act, but instead for us to take those thoughts captive and for us to not allow them to impact the way in which we live or treat each other. When we have these sinful thoughts, we're supposed to understand that hating someone is the same as murdering them. We're supposed to understand the importance of that thought, take it captive, and make sure that we do not allow sin to exercise its authority over us. When we do that, what we're doing is displaying self-control. We're displaying the fact that we have the ability to check our sinful tendencies and instead to pursue Christ-likeness and to pursue pure righteousness before the Lord because His Spirit is active in our lives and we're allowing it to have the authority to speak to us rather than our own sinful tendencies. So instead of just allowing our thoughts to be freely given into our actions, we check them, we think about them, 
we allow our conscience, we allow our self-control, and we allow the Holy Spirit to be an important part of our life so that we are in full control of ourselves, just as the image is given here of the tongue being in control by the individual. So when we don't do that, when we're not controlling that, what's going to happen is we will overflow out of our hearts with whatever is present in there. That means that if our heart is full of good things, good things will just consistently flow out of us. We won't have to think, we won't have to check them, we won't have to do anything because the good things will consistently come out of the overflow of our heart. But unfortunately, we know that we are full of sinful tendencies, that it is easy for us to feed and to fan the flame of sin in our lives by being selfish, by pursuing what the world is telling us to pursue, by listening to the voices that are around us rather than the word of God. And so unfortunately, we see that there's a battle that's taking place. It is important for us to understand that two types of water cannot be coming from the same source. Two types of fruit do not come from the same tree. When we look at that image, it's saying a reflection of your heart is displayed through your words. Take care how you speak. I would add to that, take care how you type, how you text, how you communicate in all forms. Because remember, at this point in time, really speaking was the main thing that people did. Most people at this point in time were not literate. They were not reading and writing. They were communicating only through verbal means. So we need to talk about all of our types of communication. We need to think about things like sarcasm, the way in which we react to other people around us, how we reflect ourselves on social media, other places. What is it revealing about our hearts? Are we displaying salt water that is not good for life? Or are we displaying the fresh water of the fruits of the living water that we receive from Jesus Christ? So we have to reflect on that. We have to think about that. We have to battle against the fact that this is a struggle for many people, myself included. When I speak to other people or when I speak in other people's presence, do I respond with words that are true, with words that are noble, with words that are pure, with words that are edifying and building them up? Or do I respond with things that are pointing them to further pursue sin or to further pursue something aside from God, meaning that I'm not placing on the best path that they should be on to pursue him in all that he is? So this question is, is a real piercing question. How is it that our speech is impacting other people around us? Because this passage shows us the damage that our words can do, comparing words and the words that we speak to a fire that is consuming the things around us. When you think about forest fires, it's something that is very real to me as a person who lived in Southern California, had to evacuate from a home during the fire season. Fires are uncontrollable once they take off in that area. It's so dry, there's so little moisture, and there's so much land that is not inhabited by things that once the fires start, they expand with the wind and they expand with the ground that is just ready to be burned with these older dying crops and things like that, that they just expand into thousands and tens of thousands of acres at times. And it's unmanageable for those people to be able to come and to control it. So what they end up doing is making decisions on what things that they're going to allow to stand and what things that they're going to try to save. And so they make decisions on what to do because they know they can't control it all. The firefighters can't get enough water, can't get enough things out there to make it so that these things are preserved from the damage of the 
fire. And so that image is a reminder about the importance of our words and how they can be damaging. But the other side of that is that the words that we use can be life-giving. They can be there to build up others, to support them, to encourage them to spur them on to love and good deeds. And it's my prayer that as we reflect on our words and what they're revealing from our hearts, that where we find them to be damaging and leading others away, that we would repent, that we would confess our sins, and that we would have an opportunity for God to transform and renew our minds, our hearts, and our lives so that our speech would be once again pleasing to Him. As far as a question from this passage, I want us to focus on the word perfect in verse 2. Verse 2 reads, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Does this verse teach us that it is possible for a person to be perfect? Is that what James is trying to say here? Is perfection attainable for people? From the outset, I don't think that's what this is saying. For a couple of reasons. First and foremost, this passage goes on to explain how difficult it is to truly bridle one's tongue. It shows that it's not something that's easy to do. It's something that we're all going to struggle with, but we must continue to work towards this desire of perfection. I also think that when we look at what it's really focused on, it's really talking more about the maturity that is displayed by this individual who is able to harness his tongue and able to then bridle or harness or control his whole body. It's not saying perfection is possible, but I think a better reading would be something along the lines of a perfect man, instead of saying those words, of saying a mature man, a man who is displaying the impact of self-control on their life. So that's something that could be displayed or spoken of as being perfect. It's not speaking to the ideal of a total perfection of this individual who is now sinless, but instead the development of the maturity of this individual. And so that is the better reading of that and the better understanding of what's taking place. Not using this then as a passage to say, yes, perfection is possible. Here it's spoken of in chapter 3, verse 2 by James. So we should look for other verses to support that, but instead to understand the seriousness of what he's trying to combat and the way in which the individual who has control over their tongue also controls their whole body, displaying that they are a mature man, a mature individual who is growing in their faith. So as you walk through this passage, there could be other things that you want to look into, the many different images here of the tongue or this thought of the wisdom from above, whatever it is that God draws your heart and your attention to today. I pray that you would seek out the answers to the questions that you have so that you grow in your understanding of who God is. Know today you are loved. You're-